and welcome to Managing Marketing. We're still in London and I've traipsed out to Spitalfield here to um, talk to uh, two of my colleagues, Tom Denford and David Indo, who are joint CEOs of ID.com's Global Media Consulting Specialists. Welcome. Thank, Thank you very much, Dan. Look, um, uh, I wanted to uh, catch up because media is such a hot topic at the moment and I reflect back on my days in advertising where media was always the last thing that people talked about but uh, now it's the first thing. Why do you think, David, that's become the, uh, the fact? Well, I think because uh, more companies, more marketeers uh, realise that media is the single largest lever for business growth. If they get media right, then business results improve. Mm. So Tom, um, what are the changes that you've seen in regards to media as part of the marketing mix? I mean, the, I think the biggest, the biggest change is just in its complexity, right? the opportunity, or the different options that exist in media for a, for a marketer as channels to connect with their audience. You know, when we all started in agencies, you know, 15 or so years ago, uh, there were, you know, the options were relatively limited, right? <clears throat> yeah, like TV and, uh, you know, outdoor and the usual traditional TV, media. TV, print, radio, outdoor. So planning media was pretty straightforward, right? You had to make some quite simple choices, but now yeah. those choices are uh, hugely more complicated. And not only the, so many more channel choices, but actually the decision-making that goes on in agencies to decide you know, which channel they recommend over other channels. It's just kind of difficult sometimes for marketers to navigate and understand how those recommendations are being made. So um, I think that's, that's one of the hardest things. As David said, you know, media is really a powerful lever for growth for a lot of brands. Marketers are understanding getting media right is really important. But at the same time, whilst media has grown in importance and influence, perhaps it's also grown in huge complexity, and that's very hard to, to kind of keep across all of the different mm. options and uh, from a marketing perspective. Because because really it is technology, isn't it, that's driven this? You know, yeah. the digital landscape is so much more complex than yeah. say traditional media, <clears throat> and also produces so much data. Yeah. You know, like you literally would drown in the amount of data that comes out of it. That's yeah. part of the complexity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so not only the options, not only are there more options, mm. but then the, the consideration that has to be taken into making the right decisions fueled by data we call it data, by the way. Oh, not data? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, it's a very different let, thing. Let, let me make a note of that <laughs> yeah. as I eat my tomato sandwich. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Uh, and marketers have got a great, you know, they're building great loops back of data from all of their marketing activity. And I guess the wish is that they can then you know, implement that data to then make better decisions in the future, right? It should be a kind of self-fulfilling thing. Yeah. But it's... I think it's difficult to go from that old model where it was easy to buy you know, TV spots and print pages and outdoor billboards to something which is so radically different in you know, this relatively short space of time. It takes a lot of rethinking, right? How you, yeah. how you actually market your brands. Absolutely. And, and media still remains the largest single ticket item in most yeah. organisations. Absolutely. And that's the thing that amazes me. Yeah, even last night at the uh, ISBA IPA, 
um, they were talking about briefing and a media guy there said, oh, we should be briefed at the same time. And you could see the creative agencies go, no, we're the lead agency. Mm. I mean, if you just uh, think about the level of investment, mm. Like it's 10 times on average, it's 10 times more money goes into getting the channels right, getting those environments right, as goes into planning what content is going to go into those channels. But it has to be all the more accountable. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, Six, seven years ago, a media budget generally was the the control within the control of of a marketing department. Now, most CEOs have a perspective on where that money is being spent and they expect their marketing teams to be accountable and responsible for its delivery. We've conducted a a global media review um, recently, uh, an advertiser that spends in excess of two billion. Uh, There were global presentations conducted uh, in their global headquarters within the client stakeholder group that attended those presentations. Uh, I've never seen more senior members of the team, from company chairs all the way through to presidents of the entire organisation, dedicating their entire day to uh, listening to what the agencies have to say. That, that's great to see, because it shows the level of commitment and interest within the organisation. And it, and it yeah. suggests that media is at the very top of their corporate agenda, which is where it should be. I think the other thing that media has always had, but it hasn't played the, the card as much, is that the measurability and the accountability that comes with that makes it so much more, not precise, but more, um, in quotes, scientific. Mm. Whereas, you know, the content side of it relies so much on gut feel and, and belief, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's weird in some ways that... the. The kind of the content, the advertising part of it has always been the most dominant because that's been because it's so subjective. Yeah, and you've had to have you know, marketers who who are able to brief and evaluate and judge and create good quality work, and then media, which was more than fifty percent of the overall marketing budget, or more, or more. Um, kind of left to, as you say, it's the kind of last five minutes of the presentation when everyone was really just looking forward to going to lunch. Um, and there was a guy who stood up at the end, which yeah. used to be us, right? We used to just kind of stand up at the end of these meetings with some, some spreadsheets and, and desperately try and, yeah, keep everybody awake at the, at the end um, with so some detail. But it's now, it's so, it is so scientific. And that's why it's interesting because media media's raised in profile within organisations. I mean, we see it all the time now. <clears throat> a level of interest at, within large organisations, not just from you know from a CEO, from a CMO, from a CFO. Everybody's got a, got an angle on the media spend for di- for di- different reasons, but they all recognise now that it's a really significant investment that company will make, and it's one big line is a media spend, and often in hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, and there's huge scrutiny on that now. Mm. To, to be more accountable, to be working harder. I think we're going to see, we've been talking recently here about you know, brands perhaps over time reducing their reliance on, on this paid media spend because it's such a significant amount of money, which I think has been somewhat overlooked for a long time, right? Because yeah. it's been left to the end of the meeting and it hasn't really had the scrutiny that's required. And it is under scrutiny. So that do- every dollar now invested in paid media has got to work really, really hard. It's got to have 
some kind of clear outcome aligned to it. And the agencies that are then appointed responsible for that spend are being put under greater scrutiny, rightly, yeah. to, to be more transparent and more accountable for how that money is being managed. Um, you know, going back to your point about how uh, people focus, or marketers especially, focus so much about the content they're putting into a media channel rather than... And I always said as a, you know, as a, a copywriter and creative director, uh, when the campaign breaks, everyone has an opinion about the TV ad back in the days when TV was the way to break a campaign. No one mentioned the media placement because no. it wasn't the visible part. It's, a, it's an essential part yeah. and it's incredibly important to get it right. There's no point having one without the other, yeah. except it just wasn't visible. I mean, that's why I think it's always interesting. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Khan Media Awards seem to go to creative agencies more often than they go to media yeah. agencies. Yeah. Because I think there is still a difficulty some people have in judging the true creativity and strategy that exists within it's a difficult. media strategy. Yeah. It's difficult to evaluate media work. It really is difficult. I mean, even if you know, we, we do some work with some clients where we... We help them evaluate media strategies and plans that are coming back from the yeah, agency, right. just in order to be able to, you know, just to support them and hopefully train them over time, give them the capabilities of you know, briefing in a media plan, understanding what it should look like, and then evaluating whether it suits the strategy or not. But it's really difficult. Mm. It is really hard. It takes a lot of a lot of skill to be able to read a media plan properly. Yeah, and we see those exact examples, right? You go to a Go to a media awards uh, and somebody will say, you know, let's have a look at the campaign. And then they show the 30-second ad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not the strategy behind yeah. the placement yeah. or the channel selection or yeah. anything right. else. But they'll, they'll show, yeah. they'll show yeah. Yeah. And the winner is, yeah. but you haven't seen any of the work. You've got no context of actually, was there an insight in this? Like, what was the strategy? Yeah. What channels were selected? But How think, efficiently was the budget used? Yeah. I think creative agencies also have had to evolve with the times. Um, you know, they've had to uh, relook at their role within the marketing communication mix and, and find a role for themselves in the future. I think a perfect example of that is Coca-Cola awarding uh, Ogilvy, I think it was, mm -hmm. a big chunk of their, of their media communications scope. I mean, that's a fantastic tribute to the way that I think that agency probably is evolving itself internally to, to make it more uh, adaptable to the future. Or, because when I read that article, um, David, I, I was wondering whether it's because, you know, media, the, the, the distinction of paid, earned and owned, um, whether marketers are starting to think that their media agency could be very good on the paid, but the earned and owned, they're looking for other alternatives. Could that be? It may very well be, absolutely. But that's, that's, they've seen an opportunity in the marketplace and they've yeah. migrated away from you know, traditional you know, creative agency output and they've had to embrace something which is far more progressive. And I think that's fantastic. Because mm -hmm. one of the exciting things for me is to see media agencies with their uh, access to huge amounts of you know, consumer behaviour data, whether it's from publishers or media owners yeah. or their own research or their clients' research, are actually becoming more the advocate or the voice of the customer, the consumer, that you're the target audience or whatever you want to, you know, however you want to call them, of people, because they've got so much information 
about the way people consume media. And so they're able to then inform the whole process, the comms process, based on that. Uh, and, and it just seems to be growing, you know, especially um, so many media agencies getting into providing their clients with a, um, a DMP, a data management yeah. platform, as a way of, you know, collating all of this information into one place yeah. and then extracting incredible you know, insights on customer behaviour to actually inform the whole uh, marketing strategy as well. I think that's a, a, a really big change that's helped to move media from the last 10 minutes of the meeting yeah. up to the front of the meeting, Absolutely. or even better, a meeting in its own right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's been, the, I think, the, the driver of that change, as you say, because um, media agencies have have had the in, that insight, which again, I think was slightly overlooked, right? It's just, you know, in the old linear model, we'd say, you know, a, a, a brand would would make an ad that was all about these features and benefits of the product, very kind of brand-centric and executed in a very linear way, like distributed then through very push channels, right, TV, like interruptive media channels. And I think as brands started to think, actually, how could we tailor messages based on the various needs of our consumers as they started to understand how to segment their own customer base, actually. Yeah. Different types of users, they were in developing different types of product to cater for different types of users. And you only have to walk through a, to walk through a pharmacy or a supermarket to just see all that, how variants of brands and brand extensions and different serving sizes and methods, you know, they're all catering for different consumer segments and also different points along the consideration process yeah yeah or the purchase process yeah because there's now the realization that there's so many in this you know incredible number of different channels yeah there's so many different places what's the customers or consumers mindset at each of those that we can actually be tapping into exactly and media agencies are actually quite quite good at that. They, have, they were all sitting on a bit of a gold mine, which was actually really understanding the end consumer perhaps far more than the creative agency who were always very proud of understanding the brand, often understood the brand mm. better than the market themselves because often they'd been in that, they'd been in that position longer than the CMO or the marketer that they were reporting into. Yeah. Yeah. So in some ways, a lot of the big agencies have been guardians of those brands. But media had the insight on the consumer, consumer behaviour, uh, and as people were spending more and more time with content, and that was that was splitting into you know many many different channels that were hard to track, agencies are incredibly well positioned to do that. And I'm not surprised that therefore they they want to be the guardians of or helping brands use that data then mm. to make targeting decisions. It makes it, complete sense. But it'll be interesting to see how clients you know, perception of the agencies owning all of that incredibly value, valuable first-party mm-hmm. data moves forward because, you know, it makes the divorcing of a client-agency relationship far harder. You know, you've worked with an agency, you've provided them with three years' worth of, you know, first-party data, and they've helped you segment your audiences and, and effectively manage your media better. Um, but then you leave and you take with you nothing because they keep that data. Yeah, uh, it, look, it re- you know, the, the question of data data ownership, if I got it right Yeah, now, we converted you. Yeah, right. Data ownership yes. is, um, is one that, 
you know, it's really about having access to it, not necessarily ownership. So the fact is that media agencies are getting that from a large number of sources. They have their own. Any uh, data that the client provides them still belongs to the client. They can take it away. What they would lose would be being able to put that into the DMP with all the other sources. But I don't have a problem with building relationships that are much more long-term than we currently mm-hmm. see, yeah, as long as they're performing. Yeah. And you know, when you start using a data-driven uh, methodology to be able to understand your customers, then that should be building long-term performance-driven relationships. Um, and I know you guys are, are as passionate about this whole idea of media value yeah. because it's not the cost of the media, it's the value that's derived by purchasing the right media in the right place at the right time and then putting the right content message into it, isn't it? Yeah. And that you do a lot of work with your clients around this idea of media value. Yeah, because it's, and it's stuff that we've been talking to you know, with you about for years, right? This, this idea of media value. And it's driven by... a just an observation really is that a lot of brands that we observed you know going into a new year when they were budgeting for media would their only question would be what's media inflation <laughs> you know like what what did we spend on versus last year what do we need to kind of budget for um, and actually if you said like well, you know why are you investing 600 million dollars in media like what are you actually trying to get out of that if you can put that spend because it's a big, significant investment that company's making, right? It needs to be put in some kind of context. Like, what are you, why are you spending this money? And then if you can ask to that question, which is normally quite straightforward, right? Which is, we want to sell more of our product, and this is a way of getting, getting those messages in front of the consumers in an efficient, effective way, whatever, right? Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rationale for an investment in growth. So fine, you're going to invest some money in some growth, and therefore you've got to make decisions about what you want to buy with that money. Yeah. And you're, what you're buying, hopefully, is something that's worth more than $600 million, because if what you get back is worth less than that, it's a pretty bad investment, and you're not going to be very good at your job. So Except people weren't measuring that, because you know, the, the media budget setting was largely informed by two measures that are way out of date. And the first one is share of voice, you know, who has the most amount of voice in the marketplace, mm. spends the most. And that could only have been a measure that was created by someone selling media. And then the second one is cost per thousand. This idea that audience could be, it's like buying books by the kilo. Mm. You know, I don't care how crappy they are, as long as I get my kilo of, of customers, my thousand yeah. customers, and how cheap can I get them? And the yeah. third thing is, is, a, is an outdated auditing approach and model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is all about the cost of the media, not what it actually delivers. Absolutely, looking yeah. rear view mirror. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's why I think when when you know historically mistakes were made by just looking at budget as an amount of money that needs to be spent spent across the next twelve months <coughs> and kind of divvied up, which is okay. You know, it kind of drove something, but it wasn't really measured properly. Mm. As soon as you can start to understand why you're spending that money set some actually set some kpis simple metrics for for what you want that money to do and then if you can track that back then to what you're spending that gives you an idea of the value of what you're what you're buying right because a single piece of inventory and by that we mean like you know a tv spot or a web banner or an outdoor site 
might actually have a different value to different advertisers, which kind of makes sense, right? But we've never used that as a currency in the industry. We've never priced media according to its value. It's always been a discount off some mm-hmm. arbitrary rate card. Um, and that's why you know a programmatic marketplace is suddenly gets quite interesting because mm-hmm. it democratizes well, media buying, makes it more accessible, and also because it's based largely on a supply and demand principle that you know, like if you're buying uh, you know search key phrases, right? You pay what you think it's worth to you, mm. and you can ascertain what the value or the you know, what the price you should pay based on the data that you've got and some insights that you've got. So if you empower yourself with the right data, you can make a better prediction of what that piece of medium you might be worth to your business to drive some kind of outcome. And then you can bid on that. And if you win, that's what it's worth. You know, that's the price of it. The price yeah. determined by by the bidding. Um, that's, that's, what, really, that's what's really exciting now because that whole model will change so quickly now for the next few years. That's why going back to um, that point you made, David, about you know the old auditing process, it yeah. always cracks me up when a marketer asks if we can benchmark or audit their, um, their digital buy. And I'm going, well, it was done through a trading desk. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you know what you should be paying for it? What's it worth to you? Are they hitting the numbers? Are you getting the results? Are you getting the behavioural change that you want from the investment? Yeah. And they go, but there must be a benchmark somewhere. It's like, you know, they're obsessed with wanting to know what everyone else is yeah. buying. Yeah, that's difficult. I mean, that, and that's, that's presenting some huge challenges to the industry, isn't it? Mm. Because, you know, as we've just discussed, in, in a, where marketers, a lot of marketers have historic, historically not dug into the details of media enough, perhaps over the, over the years, I think a, a bunch of feeling rather exposed now by their lack of knowledge of how agencies work and how media is bought. And it's suddenly got even more complicated in the last three years. It's incredibly difficult to follow. And so that reliance that you might have had in the past to, to hire a traditional kind of media auditor to say, did the agency buy well or not? Mm. Okay, great. Well, they've got a tick and a gold star, you know, fine job done. <coughs> the elephant stamp. Yeah, yeah. we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, now less and less media is auditable because less and less of it is you know is in these pools mm. um, and because, and as more and more as you say and, and less more, like for like I mean it's imp- it almost really impossible to, to get like for like comparison because yeah. it be, it's become so fragmented you know there's not these huge billion dollar pools anymore no. because they're all trying to do different things under different circumstances to different endpoints. Yeah. I mean in three four years of, of reviewing audit reports I've never seen a bad audit ever. yeah because they just don't seem to exist. I mean, well, everyone's just slightly above average. Just there, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, suitably just above yeah. average. Yeah. There's the pool. Let's beat it. Yeah. yeah. And if it's a CPM pool or a, yeah, a spot pool or whatever it is, the agency knows what they have to beat. Mm. So they just make sure that they skew. Yeah. But the trouble is, the buying then starts driving the strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we want to go into zone one or you know top top uh, quality in um, environments, or oh, but we couldn't afford that because it would uh, destroy our CPM or it would uh, you know, redu- uh, raise our spot price. You know? And where their, where their performance incentive programs are linked overly to uh, a pool-based you know, media audit, then the whole thing gets even more 
opaque. And <laughs> we we yeah. incentivise you financially to yeah. basically screw up the strategy. Well, this is it. <laughs> Buy us the cheapest possible media you can. Yeah. And in a world where media options are expanding all the time, there is a lot of crap. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. And the media owners want to sell it to someone. So if there's a client out there that only wants to buy the cheapest possible, you just bundle up a whole lot of crappy media and sell it to them. And you improve your margin because of it. Yeah. yeah. But that's a, that's a challenge to the agency model as well, right? Because they've, they've, you know, I mean, to be fair to agencies as well, that, you know, they will often say that, that um, you know, their margins have been squeezed over time, right? Because the increasing influence of procurement, whether we agree with that or not around the table here, but the increasing influence of procurement um, or responsibility and oversight of media dollars which actually we think is a good thing because it's brought some great discipline mm. to treating that investment as a, some kind of working money that drives some business result. And they brought some discipline to managing large amounts of money, which previously was almost entirely delegated to the agency to manage. Um, but where they have put pressure on agency income, that's, that's caused some knock-on effect, I think, where agencies in this new reality of a potentially very transparent and democratic marketplace. We're not there yet, but you never know. Uh, you know, where where do they add value, and yeah. what can legitimately they charge for? Because some of the stuff that we've been talking about, which is, you know, using data to drive insight, coming up with strategy that should then lead the buy. Yep. Haven't been able to monetize that very well because we've always been working on very buying related income, mm. and so that's been the focus. It's been a kind of uh, you know, a self-fulfilling kind of chain of events where the agency is obsessing about a good audit result, obsessing about buying performance, obsessing about discount versus something, because that's how they've been paid um, sometimes and been incentivized to do that. And they've got all the potential and the capabilities and the skills to go a bit more upstream with that, with their offering, right? To start yeah. analyzing data properly, finding insight, defining audiences, um, which are much more kind of value-add service to, to brands, but they're not monetizing that. And I think that we'll probably see a lot of agencies change their business model over the few years. But have you seen the trend with um, uh, programmatic buying that the agencies are now coming out and going, well, we'll be transparent. We're adding a 30 40% commission on top of the trade. And they're saying that's our level of transparency. We're actually we've gone back to the you know, back to the past of the commission yeah. system, except yeah. that you know, um, they're being very transparent that there's a thirty or forty percent, or you know they'll define a commission. See, I don't have a problem with my agencies earning a healthy living from really smart, you know, programmatic planning and buying. Where I, if I was a client, would be asking some interesting questions would be where are those margins being taken? I don't have an issue if they're buying me really good inventory and they're making 20, 30, 40, 50% margin on it. But I want to know that uh, I want to have absolute transparency as to where those, that margin is coming from. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where the agencies, I think, still are, um, are less than transparent. And, and going back to what we said before, you know, if we're talking about media value, it's even better to start incentivising them for taking that investment and not taking a commission on the amount I spend, mm. but actually taking a significant performance bonus yeah. on the results I get. Absolutely. Yeah, because if it's one thing that we know about that environment is it's incredibly 
uh, accountable, mm. even w if you're using attribution models, if not direct models. So, you know, we could completely change that on its head. But I, I just wanted to move on to another thing that I've noticed, and, and whether you guys have seen this as well, there's this strange perception amongst some marketers that digital media is somehow cheaper and therefore um, a better option than traditional media. And that's because they look at the pricing on digital media, which can be dollars, and they look at traditional media where you're buying spots or locations or whatever, and it's thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Have you seen that type of simplistic attitude towards media investment? Yeah, definitely. And and I think a lot of brands have dived headfirst into this space without really asking the right questions, right? without really knowing how it works, on, on a promise uh, that it's going to reduce their cost by thousands. Yeah. You know, that, that actually programmatic techniques are a way of just reducing cost or finding greater efficiency or, um, and it's just not, it's not true. Um, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of reporting over the last couple of years about the level of fraudulent activity within, uh, within this space. And so, uh, you know, it could be 40 to 50% of all uh, of all and clicks served, or yeah. served or impressions could be could be fraudulent. So it's a slightly misleading CPM if you think that actually that's a, it's going to be at least fifty percent out in terms of yeah. the actual human impressions you're buying. So straight away, whatever CPM you're being quoted, you could you could at the very least double that. That's six billion dollars worth of fraudulent activity in one year, which is astonishing. Yeah. You know, and the industry is coming together now. There are some, you know, good initiatives. You know, we think that are kicking off to try and finally tackle something like that. It, it's, but it's, you know, it's criminal practice. It's not the responsibility of agencies. This is external yeah. influence. It's very hard for people to keep keep into, keep on top of. Um, but the industry's got to work together to to tackle it, and it will come down. Well, what it certainly says for you guys, you know, being uh, specialists in this space, is that there's plenty of work in the coming years. Isn't yeah, there? it is, and we embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? I mean, you know, I think the worst thing would to be in this day and age is a pitch consultant because you know the number of pitches run by procurement is increasing, well, and the number of pitches run by consultants is decreasing. So I think yeah. you know any smart consultant is moving away from that you know the old intermediary yeah. model into value creation, you know, and making yeah. sure that clients are getting what they pay for it and showing them how to get more. Yeah. And the, you know, we've discussed before, the, you know, I think it would be a great, uh, you know, a great future to hope for that there are just frankly far less pitches out there. You know, the pitches we know have been run for not necessarily the right objectives or the right ambition. You know, historically there's been a lot of pitches at large scale that have been really focused on just trying to drive down cost. Um, and they come with their own own uh, you know, implications because you know as we've referenced you know you're trying to just buy as cheap as possible on a race to the bottom you miss the opportunity to buy the right thing and connect with the right audiences right which stops you driving the business growth that you need. I think we'll see brands committing to longer term relationships with the right agency, taking time 
to really understand actually the agency resources that they need. Because that old linear model that we keep talking about, the old like advertising agency hands off the creative to the media agency and buys some media, is changing. A lot of the brands that we talk to now are rethinking the way that they structure their marketing departments. Absolutely. With actually media far more at the centre because it's, it's a discipline that touches everything from CRM to e-commerce, which is now often coming under the the management of marketing for the first time and it's not it's not an IT channel you know it's, yeah. a, it's actually a marketing channel um, you know they've often got somehow some kind of internal content uh, capabilities and media is a really good kind of hub really for all of those different spokes to connect to and I think a lot of marketing departments are going to be re-engineered with media much more at the centre and they're going to look for external partners that are very different probably to these big buying organizations that they currently work with. You know, they're going to need more strategic guidance. And that's good for businesses like ours because we're independent and neutral of, all the, of the whole the buying and the selling of media. So we, perhaps we can give a very good an uh, independent. An independent perspective, which you know, in, in an industry which is notoriously riddled with conflicts of interest sometimes, uh, you know, our clients find find great value in that, but there's no reason why agencies couldn't evolve to similar consulting type roles. I think I think they will do, and the really confident, smart agencies are the ones that are approaching this this kind of new landscape uh, in a really open-minded way. They're the ones that aren't being defensive and trying to protect and land grab media investment. They're the ones that are working with their clients and understanding that there is a more flexible way of operating. And they're the ones that really forged the long-standing relationships that we've been talking about. Mm. Well, look, uh, it's going to be a uh, interesting uh, future. And, yeah. you know, maybe we should do, sit down and do this in uh, 12 to 18 months and see what's changed. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank you both for uh, your time. And uh, let's do this again soon. Thank you. It's a pleasure.